river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 86. Okay, so when last we left our heroes, uh, you had gone out with... You, you had had a kingdom turn for the first time in forever. Yes. Uh, you had gone out and found some giants that were preying on wagons in Draylev's lands. Yes. Uh, and sorted them out with great efficiency. Yep, Sweat Larver incinerated uh, the bejesus out of them, and Caleb all, was totally standing there at the time. They were all carrying these weird sort of rods that projected razors that spun round out of them and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, they had those weird custom weapons. That you theorized stolen from Rivetti. Yeah. Um... Then you went through a mass of hexes in which there was nothing in particular. Yes. And then you went off to find some horses for Genevieve Hanbaki. Yes, and the horses turned out to be very clever. Yeah. At present, you and Svetlana are standing in a field looking slightly dumbfounded because you have used your actually substantively impressive talents in handling animals and horses to try and rope one of the mares. And it looks like this is going to work, and you think it should work... And then the whole herd just banks sharp left and veers away from you, including the one that you're trying to lure in. And one of the horses in particular is staring at you with reasonably intelligent-looking eyes, and the whole herd has moved off from you, and that is where we left it, if you recall all that. Yes. So we now bring you to a special edition of Horse Voiced Kingmaker. Yes. For you and I both. But the, um, the plan, what Caleb is actually thinking is... Um, because these horses seem to be brighter than average, yeah. he is wondering about um, coming back in another time with Tristram, who can talk to horses, mm-hmm. and um, negotiating with them and seeing if um, we can actually talk one of them into coming with us. And um, actually just um, sort of moving on and poking a different area, given that um, Kaelin and Svetlana's horse-catching skills have thus far failed them. Uh, yeah, which which they shouldn't of. Yeah. Your your assessment is that you are good enough animal handlers to have caught a wild horse, um, but and it's not that this herd is is remarkably intelligent, because the herd are following directions from that stallion over there. Yeah. 
A stallion isn't literally talking to them in horse because that's not how it works. Yeah. But the stallion is giving the herd signals, no, no, those people mean danger, stay away from them. And the herd follows him implicitly and moves away. Yep. So the well, says, oh, well, that is certainly interesting. I'm sorry, perhaps I don't know as much about horses as I thought. I confess I have never caught one in the wild before. No, I haven't either, but um, I think these aren't... Um, that fellow over there doesn't seem like your usual sort of horse. I think um, I might like to come back with um, Tristram and see if we can find out what's going on with these beasties. Uh, well, we've tracked them down at least. We know we know roughly where the herd is. Uh, maybe we should just keep moving east a bit, see what else is down here in this um, in this grass area. By all means, whatever whatever you think whatever you think is best. So yeah, we will move out of A eight and have a poke around B eight. Okay. Can you give me a spot check in a difficulty of four? Uh-huh. and spot, that's not quite a... No, that is a sure thing. I can't fail a spot check of four. <laughs> Spitlana rolls a four, so that's convenient. Uh, the two of you move off, uh, and you will both notice pretty easily that several of the larger, stronger horses from the herd, including the stallion, are following you and trying to be sneaky about it. Oh, okay. They're not succeeding because we're talking about like seven horses. Yeah. Huh. And you are welcome to give me a handle animal or a sense horse motive. <laughs> I think I'd like the handle animal because I don't fancy my horse motive sensing chances. Woot Did Slit Lun just roll really well? 34. Well, that's good because I rolled a 1, so I got a 9. Yeah, she rolled a 19, on the other hand. Yep, good for her. Uh, no, sorry, that's 32. Something, something. Yeah. Um, she says, well, this may sound odd, but, but, well, perhaps with you this sort of thing happens all the time, but I think those horses are following us. Oh, yeah, I think they are. Uh, but they're not trying to ambush us, are they? No, I, I don't think so. I think they are... Uh, I think they are watching us for an ambush. I think they are endeavouring to ensure that we leave their lands and the territory. They are keeping us away from the herd. I have never heard of horses doing any such thing before. I Usually out of sight, out of mind is enough to set them at ease again. But they clearly know that we represent some sort of threat, I suppose, to the herd. I and they are endeavouring to sneak after us to see us on our way, see that we are on our way without us knowing it. Well, I am... Um, I do not think nature designed horses to sneak. But. No, and I relate to them. <laughs> it's um, not something, exactly something nature designed me to do, either. Um, so, I think, I have, so I have heard Bryn say, in more colourful words. I, I think um, this is why I um, want to get Tristram back here. It seems like there's something funny going on, and if these horses are more intelligent than average. It seems like talking to them might be the way to go. But in the meantime, I figure if we just keep moving off, if they are... Uh, you know, we need to do something about it if they're, we're trying to ambush us. I mean, yep. 
horses can um, horses may not be um, as threatening as um, big bears or what have you, but they can certainly give you enough nasty kick if they've a mind to. But if they just want to see where we're going and see it's out of their lands, then we they'll um, doubtless veer off when we get far enough away. All right. We can just sort of pretend we don't see him. Yep, and, and you continue to ride on yeah. with the horses following you. Horses chasing horses. Yeah. You can have a great horse chase. Yeah. Uh, do you want to endeavour to... Um, well, you, you could actually endeavour to outdistance them if you were so inclined, or you can just continue on in your own no, steam and see how they... No, we'll just sort of plot along. Okay. After about what you'd guess to be mile, mile and a half they turn and stop sneaking after you and turn back to the herd. <coughs> and, you know, Svetlana says, well, this looks like slightly more normal behaviour. Usually when something threatens the herd, the stallions will drive it off, but I've never heard of them driving it off beyond you know, sight and sound of the herd. I suppose they don't want to stay away from them for too long. Aye. So they've turned back now. That, you know, that much makes sense to you. It's merely they should have followed you for, you know, several, a couple of hundred metres to yeah. ensure you were leaving. And, but then... And they shouldn't be trying to sneak after no, us. That's no. just not horse it's behavior. It's the sneaking that's weird. The horses, yeah. like, low to the ground, the ears yeah. flatten, going... Falling poorly, not much still. Yeah. Alright, and we will keep riding on into um, B8. Yep. B8 is a grasslands hex. Cool. It's full of grassy, grassy grasslands. And okay. we explore, the, we explore yep. the hex? Yep, there is nothing remarkable around the wood in it. Okay. Well, now I don't want to know where the remarkable thing is. <laughs> um, yeah, so at this point we can. Um, yeah, I think we don't want. What we're going to do is start crossing east um, and explore on the way out. Yep. Because um, that way we don't have to retrace our steps over the... Um, Meath will have to go through the bog to get out, but yep. um, we'll find a pathway through the middle section. So um, we will head for um, D8. So you need to go through C8 first by my count. Oh, sorry, C8. This is my apologies. We will head for C8. And when you head into that, the grasslands quickly start to give way to swamp. This yep. is a primarily swamp pierce. Yep. And now the horses are sticking and grinding and squawking through. Yep. Are you going to explore this or simply try to move through it? Uh, no, I think we will explore it. Okay. How, many, how long have you been out of the kingdom at this point? You feel like you've done lots of exploring. Uh, it's um, the 21st of Aristus. Right. The... Um, Thing is, um, with our with with the horses in the normal terrain, it doesn't take that long to explore the um, yep. explore the hexes. Okay, as long as you're. Um... But I could use the um, kingdom rules because um, I can look up how long it takes to explore swamp hexes with our. I have two days here to explore a swamp. Yep, that sounds right. Yep. Yep. Okay. I thought it was longer than that, but. Yeah, because the thing is, it's um, one day to explore a plain six and for, with forty foot movement, so that's why it's been going quickly. But yep. um, okay, so you squelch and screech through the swamp. Yep. Um, and Svetlana is less uh, thrilled than this one. Than this one. Yeah. Uh, 
and she sort of says to you as you sort of wander around there again there are interlaced rivers throughout the swamp you have to fall slightly and this sort of thing she gets to the end and she gets to the evening and she says I was I, I have been rather enjoying being out of doors with this sensation that the the only thing between you and the stars is this thin piece of cloth of a tent that you put up and and sleeping on the ground in a bedroll with only one pillow and that sort of thing but um what do we do here? There, there is no solid ground to pitch a tent on, nothing to drive the pegs into. And there are these flying, buzzing mosquitoes everywhere. Aye, we, um... Well, when we got Tristram out, he can make this little cottage thing, but absent that, um... Pitch the tent, but we, um... Can rig up, um, hammocks between two of the trees, and, um pitch the tent sort of over them to provide a bit of protection from the bugs. It's not the cosiest um, terrain. We won't poke around the swamp too much. This is just finding us a way back to the kingdom. Well, alright. And people live like this? Well, you know, I mean, um, it's, um, people generally stay out of the swamps when they can. There's a reason this ter- kind of terrain isn't popular. That, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. The night passes, and when she wakes you up for your your watch, she is sort of looking slightly suspicious rather than uncomfortable. And she's, I am pretty sure that this is some sort of normal noise for a swamp, but I can hear this continuous zzz of insects, and I have definitely heard over to our left a sort of like something is swimming or moving through the mud and the weeds. It did not sound overly large, so I did not want to wake you, but uh, I am not sure if that is what you are expecting to hear out here. There's a few, there's a lot of different critters and things in a swamp. I think we're, think we're okay, but we'll we'll have a listen. There's certainly been some nasty beasties in um, some of the swamps we've been into. Yeah, like Draylid's Plains do not have a lot in the way of what you would call wild animals. Yeah. Primarily because either Draylid has civilised the areas or he's deliberately left them to large murderous predators. Yeah. Um, whereas the swamp is teeming with insect life, fish life, geckos, frogs, etc., etc., because... The only thing that was in here that was keeping down that populace were the bogards, and um, Draylid knocked them off. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's hardly terrified or anything, but she doesn't have any exposure to this sort of thing. Yeah. All right then. Uh, I suppose we should go on. Yeah, it's the next day you explore swamp. Okay, so I yeah. spent two days exploring the swamp. You no- do indeed. No- nothing particular in that swamp. It's swampy good. Okay, and we keep going into D8. So we will explore D8, and then, assuming nothing bites us, um, head for home, because we've already explored um, E8 and onwards. Okay, and... Yeah, you head into D8, and this is also Swamp, unsurprisingly. Um, it actually rises up into hi- into small hills dotting in the swamp at several points where basically the swamp hasn't risen high enough to drown out all of the grasslands and the hilly birds. And Svetlana says, well, this this is much more comfortable. We can put a tent up somewhere out of the park tonight. Uh, you search for the first day. Nothing much occurs. Again, 
bunch of rivers in here that I'm not going to bother drawing in unless you want them. Yeah, no, that's okay. There is one little river that was an actual defined river on the map in E8 that looks like it flows into D8. I don't know if that one just pieces out. Do you want me to do uh, I will not say no to knowing what happens to that one. You have run to the end of it in C8. Yep. Where it runs out. And then it goes out the top. Yep. Uh, and in fact, out the bottom as well. So you set up for the night. Can you give me a spot check? Twenty-one. So Svetlana has been looking around her all day because the swamps continuously make sort of blurbling and glurkling noises, where things pop up out of the water and go work and fish move and frogs jump on mud and leafy bits in the water and all this sort of thing. It's this constant sort of blurk, splurk, blurk, splurk noise around you. And Svetlana's sort of wearing herself slightly thin looking around at it all. And, you know, you catch her on occasion and, you know, tell her there's, there's nothing out there. She's like, I'm, I'm just not used to it, is all. I don't, I don't quite know what to make of it. And at this point, she's pulling up on the edge of the hill... Um, ready to get her tent off the horse and set it up as it's basically 4.30ish in the afternoon the sun is dipping but you set up camp before it's dark effectively and she sort of looks round where there's a big noise from the mud glances round, looks over it says, you can see you get and looks away uh, you glance over at the same one uh, where you can see two large creatures coming through the mud towards you, lying low towards it and basically wiggling and swimming towards you. Uh, They are the size of your horse and they look like gigantic multi-armed crab things. Ooh. Okay. Can I have some kind of knowledge nature, what the hell? Can I roll any kind of knowledge to not recognize them? Uh, It's dungeoneering. Ah, okay. Can I roll an untrained dungeoneering, or is that... Th- no, we normally don't just... We normally flat just don't roll Yeah, because you can't hit the DC to yeah. get anything useful about them. No, that's like, okay. I, I, see two, I see two critters. Um, you would recognise, however, because you beat their spot, their hide check by a fair amount, Yeah, that they are hunting you. Yeah, They've probably been following you for not a substantively long time. Um... But if anything, you suspect they might be slower than the horses going through this... A little slower than the horses going through this muck. So they have been creeping after you, waiting for a good spot, like when you set up on this hill. Yeah. You're not sure whether they'd wait until you'd gone to sleep or not, or anything of that sort, because you don't know what they are or how intelligent you are, but it's definitely hunting predator behaviour. They're following you to attack you. Yeah. All right. So having seen this, um, I want to... um casually move my horse up behind um, Svetlana and um, see if I can alert her without them spotting us, given that they might be waiting until we go to sleep. Yep. Whether or not this causes, as I move up beside Svetlana and stop, I don't know if at that point they pretty much just attack, or whether I have a moment to whisper to her. No, they, they continue to move slightly closer. Yep. Lass, down there, there's a couple of beasties. What? And Kellen will, um... She doesn't twitch her head around. Yeah. Just down there. They're, um... I think... They're not, um... Not moving up on us yet. I think they're planning to wait till we're asleep, like. 
And can you now give me a move silently check? Yep. See how quietly you have had this conversation. <laughs> now, um, I wouldn't get an armor check penalty for talking quietly, but on the other hand, I probably wouldn't get my confidence bonus. Uh, use your normal move silently, yeah, because it would be stealth otherwise, which would make slightly more sense. Yeah. But, um... Alright, so, um... You get both, because there's still a lot of body language involved in this and things over there that I'm not pointing at. Yeah, so, um, Callum gets a three, as he is as stealthy as a big, clanky, noisy half-orc. What you would expect to be using here is probably bluff versus their sense motive, because I suspect you're not so worried about them hearing you speaking in Teldane. No, it's it's more the, um... Them not uh, not noticing from my body yep. language that I'm clearly um, yep. that I have spotted which, them, which I would call for a bluff check here. But as Kaylin is keeping an eye on them, as you say this, they react to they react to this, not what you are doing. They react to what you are saying, right? As if they can understand you. They hear you know they're sneaking up on us and hunting us, and they immediately stop sneaking up on you. <laughs> right, okay, yep, so I thought they were critters because I don't know what they are. Yep, but, they but speak... apparently they understand what you're saying. Okay, alright, yep, so that, 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 which seems fair enough, because, you know, I was, I was definitely doing critter tactics, okay? At which point they will burst out of the water towards you. Yep. And we go straight to initiative. Yep, that's fine, but, um... Yeah, as I say, I would call for a bluff check. No, no, they understand what you're saying. No, that is completely legitimate. The um, Kellen was doing this a different way from what he needed, what he would have done if he thought they were. Yeah, but they they look like giant crab monsters, and yeah. that's pretty much the entire extent of your world knowledge of them. Yeah, yeah. be honest, my actual reaction is, yay, another combat with Svetlana before we head back to civilization. So, we can have minis for this, if you desire, um, or not. It is basically all difficult terrain to you. Yeah. Probably, because you're going up a hill, which is three quarters, or turning around and charging them back into the swamp, which is difficult terrain. I think, um, I don't think we need the map, but I would like to kind of have... uh, Not even necessarily a grid, I mostly just want... Vaguely where the people is. Yeah, I I just want, like, two, 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 a Switlana, a Kaelin, and two, um, two Greeblies, so I can see which one's, um, where each Greebly is. Okay, let me draw you a hill. Yeah. Generically in the swamp. They are actually spread out around this hill. Yeah, well, if they're intelligent, they can presumably mount a um, sneaky tactics at bush. Uh, and the chulls. And the chulls. No, happily, I uh, know almost nothing about chulls as a uh, player, so um, I uh, don't have to pretend to all this um, mm-hmm. character knowledge, which I don't possess. Okay, Svetlana's on a 27 initiative. Kaelin is on a 2. <laughs> And the Charles are in the middle, of course. Yeah. Okay. So, they surprise Svetlana, who was yep. not expecting this. Uh, you get a sense motive check against their bluff as they start moving to... Realise that they're, yeah, com- re- that they're you, coming at down. At some point you will realise they understand you when they're attacking. It's yep. whether you understand that before or after they've... 27. Uh, wow, well, yes. Uh, yeah, they... 
their body language is weird because yeah. they don't move like people or anything at all, but it's clearly predator behavior. You know, they start. Yeah. As you say this, you see their little tendrils on top of the, the. They have no ears. They have sort of mouth tendrils that start moving through the swamp. They click. A, they click a little bit more, and they start reading themselves as you start talking, and then moving as the conversation goes on. Yep. You see this coming. Uh, so they can att- they can do what they will with their surprise rounds. Lana's flat footed, and I'm not. Yep. Uh, so uh, you and them both get a surprise round. Okay. Because it's just sweet. Svetlana doesn't see this coming. Yeah. You realise they're going to move. Cool. Okay. So it's their surprise round first. Okay. So does uh, not overly advantage them. Uh, they will both move to the base of the hill and then dive low into the swampy pools. Yep. Um, and you can make another sense motive check here if you desire. Um, this one I do not do so well on. That is at ten. Yeah, you are not sure what their behaviour is indicative of. Yep. And then it is you. Yep. So um, from here, yep. Can Kalen um, quick draw his lance and endeavour to spear one of them in a, in Absolutely, the you can charge down the hill on horseback and charge them if you're so inclined. Well, um, that sounds good, but is there actually enough space to get? They look relatively close by. Is there enough space? Yeah, to get? absolutely. Yep, sweet. It's a it's a large hill. You're a couple of feet. You're you're you know fifteen feet up and sort of thing. Yep. All right. So I move I move closer towards them and charge and yep. endeavour to spear one. They of my have a slight AC bonus for being in the slight cover of a pool. They're not exactly deep underwater. Yep. And I will re-roll that as I crit fumble my melee attack. Yep. And on the second try, it is a 30 to hit. Okay, so... As the, um... Norris's... As, um... Kaelin nearly lurches out of the saddle and uh, makes... It was about to make a spectacularly, um... Poor Lance cast, and then he resettles himself. Okay, so you move in, spirit. Uh, you have right by attack as well? I... Just mounted combat. Uh, yes, I do have ride by attack. Okay, so mounted combat, ride by attack, spirited charge. Uh, I do not have spirited charge. Okay, present. so you don't add triple damage with your lance. Yeah, merely double. Yeah, um, and then you may ride on through it or past it or whatever as you please. Yeah, that sounds good. So I will. Um, so I can sort of come over here-ish. Yeah, you're not going to get too far because yeah. you're, you're then going into squelchy swamp. Yeah, so let's say there. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, your lance pierces through its chip in the shell with a squawk noise and roll your lance damage and then double it. Sure. Yes. Um, so that, because I am two-handing, but I drive the lance in with both hands. Um, that is uh, 22 points of lance damage. Okay. Just take the um, random spells off. And there appears to be nothing overly remarkable about this thing's defences. It obviously has hard, sort of chitinous, crab-like armour around it. Yeah. Which you just pierce through and it goes... (laughs) Seems injured, but reasonably okay. Yeah. Uh, And then you attempt to ride on past it, and suddenly it snaps round with its claw with alarming speed. Uh, And... How smart... It grabs your horse. Right. 
and endeavours to take it out from under you somewhat. A big enormous claw clicks around your horse and makes an attack against it. Uh, which might even miss. That's the damn horse. Wow, since the been a while since we have something that wants to eat your horse. Not actually all that long, but it's been a while since I got the tackle on the horse regularly. Okay, the horse has got fourteen AC, but if it's going to hit, then I want to use my mounted combat. Then it is going to hit your horse. Okay, I want to use mounted combat to um yep. endeavor to um. You roll a ride check. You are aiming for a difficulty of fifteen because that's what's hitting. You succeed. Yep. So it lashes out at your horse and almost gets the pinches in, and you use your combat talent, your riding combat talents, and jink the horse out of the way. And this big claw goes clink, clink, and then you ride off past it. Yep. Uh, it's like it has combat reflexes or something. Ah, good It's alarmingly quick. Uh, and that is all of you. Yep, and it is actual Sp- actions starting with Setlana. I told you! I told you something was out here! Uh, and she will endeavour to fast dismount from her horse, because yep. she doesn't want to stay on it overly. Uh, yeah, she can't use a longbow on a horse. So. Yep. Uh, she fails, unsurprisingly, climbs down from her horse in a move action. Yep. Um, and she calls out to you, What are they? Do you have any idea? I've never seen anything like them before. Me either, lass. Some sort of crab beasties. They seem to... They, um... They get stabbed, okay? Probably don't like being set on fire or what have you either. Alright, well, uh... What? Player's handbook me. I'll, um... Cast some spells. See what she wants to do with this. She does not have her rod of maximization out, alas. Let's see what we can do with this part. Uh, Alright, uh, you stay over by that one, and I will I, I will see what I can do with this. Erastil, this aberration, this creature means us harm. Grow your vines, restrain it, and show it your power. And she throws a hand out, and these spectral green translucent vines suddenly burst forth out of the swamp. Each of them, like, they, they don't look like a natural vine. They look like the heavy jungle vine, but they are dripping with hooking thorns. And she will cast Black Tentacles. Ooh, nice. On the one that is not next to you. Yep. Um, and suddenly these things spring forth from the swamp, from the water itself, and make a grapple check against the chull, uh, equal to her caster level plus eight. Grapple check of 20 for 38. I imagine that's Jimmy here a bit stuffed. Uh, uh, the child puts on a remarkably good impression of, of a skilled grappler, snapping and clawing away at these vines to try and fend them off. Unfortunately, when it hooks it, it its claws just kind of pass through it without really doing a lot to it. Um, it does not succeed in opposing the grapple, so it gets caught and grappled and crushed a bit for eight points of damage. Very nice. And that is Svetlana. Yes. It is Team Chull. All right. 
the shell is grappled. There is nothing it can do but try and pull itself out. So <laughs> it again, with that sort of remarkable level of intelligence for what it looks like, realizes that its claws are not affecting this strange mass that is grappling it and stops trying to fight it and just tries to wiggle its way out rather than clawing at the creature that's assault the vines that are assaulting it. In the case of a tie, the combatant with a higher grapple check modifier wins, so it nearly breaks its way out, but does not succeed. Aristotle's vines continue to cling to it. Sweet. Uh, and the other one comes after you again and goes click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. Uh, stays, doesn't provoke from you as it stays ten foot away out of the reach of at the reach point of your lance. Yeah. Um, oh no, it doesn't have reach, so it can't do that. It's a temporal creature, but no reach. So it has to come close to you, at which point it provokes from your lance and you poke it. Cool. You don't get the mega charging bonus again. No. Um, so this is a regular lance hit. However, I did roll a 19 on the dice, so that will quite certainly hit, because I rolled less than that last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're not hitting these things on a 19, you've got a problem. Yeah, so, um, that is another 15 points of lance damage. Nice. And it looks wearily at the lance, then sort of seems to duck and realizes it's going to have to charge in, at which point it will charge in. Uh, it will hook your, yeah, hook your horse again. Yep. Uh, we'll hit the horse again. Yep. Cal makes another right check. Yep. At 15 again as it rolls exactly the same attack okay, as last time. Okay, uh, uh, blocks the attack on the horse. Yep. Man, I can see the advantage of mountain combat at this level. And that is both the Charles. Yep. Okay, so, um, Kaelin's pretty good with plan, um, so he is going to, um, full attack it with the lance. Yep. Um, is it now, hang on, is it now too close for a lance attack, given that it's scuttled right up to me? Uh, yes it is, and you cannot five foot step back because it's difficult terrain. Okay, so Caelan will sheath the lance and quick draw his... Basically, um, to get the horse to go back, you'd have to back it up with... Yep. So Caelan will, um, quick, um, quick sheath the lance, quick draw gatekeeper, and, um, full attack the shell. It appears to have no particular advantage in the swamp, it doesn't seem quicker across this terrain or anything. Yep. And yes, um... I'm not certain if I've actually used this ability now, but before, but um, Kellen will use his three attacks. By all means. Alright, the first one he gets a re-roll on. Nothing we can do about that, die horribly. Um, and that is a 24 to hit on the first one. Uh, yes, not easily it must be said. But... Yeah. Well, I, did, I didn't actually roll particularly well or anything. So, um... Uh... Does it have any special immunities to acid? It does not. Okay. Um, then it takes 18 points of damage from the first hit. Yep. And assuming it's still up, it I is. will endeavour to make a second hit. Uh, which is a 27. That will hit again. Yep. Roll some of these on the table. At which point, um, that is 17 points of damage. Yep. It's still ticking. Okay, and the third... Ooh. I mean, not particularly happily. Um, the third one is a crit threat. So I will see if I can confirm. Yep. Uh, 
uh, which will I don't imagine a 14 will hit. Uh, no, it will not. Yep, so I fail to confirm. Yep. Um, and the third one is... 17 points of damage. And it is still up a bit, staggering from these blows, and bleeding a sort of jelly-like substance out from several of the wounds. Yep. Does not look healthy or happy. Yep, and Kaelin will hack, hack the hack the bejesus out of it. This feels good. I'm glad I, I, I'm, I'm not just relying on Svetlana to save me. Alright. They are too far apart to fire all or both, alas. So... Svetlana at this point will pull out her longbow and the um, vines of Aristotle endeavour to grapple the creature again. Independently of her doing anything, they squeeze. Does not manage to resist this. It takes another eight points of damage. Sorry. Uh, yeah, eight points of damage again. And then she pulls out her longbow and fires, and the arrow just kind of passes through the magic around them. She doesn't need to worry about firing into the grapple here. Yeah. Uh, crit threat. And I suspect a family to confirm. 22, note that will just confirm. Woohoo! And Logbo's times three on a crack, isn't it? Yes. And as she fires her arrow, it begins to glow with that holy green light beristal and thorns wrap round it. She says, Thornbow tells me these are dark creatures. Its holy ability activates the evil. Oh, sweet. It's not something she needs to consciously activate, yeah. so when the arrow hits it, it basically hits it and explodes in a little shower of thorns. Oh, they're going to be so sorry that they picked evil as a side. That stuff doesn't get tripled. Yeah. Just the, um... Yes, but I, I think the, um... That is 28 points of damage to it. Oh, very nice. And that is all. She only gets one attack because she had to draw the longbow. Yep. But, you know... <laughs> kicking ass. Yep. And that is Svetlana. Yep, and it is Team Chull. Uh, the Chull tries to fight its way out of the vines and fails. Yep. Uh, the one in front of you, its feelers sort of dart into the water like it's searching for a way out realises it isn't going to particularly find one that doesn't involve turning around, taking an attack of opportunity, and having a very slow death. Yeah. Uh, and then it reaches up past the horse towards you this time, when yep. you recognised the source of all its pain. Uh, and it will, I imagine, would hope effortlessly hit you on that. Uh, 31. Yep, that will hit me. Uh, and I wouldn't quite say effortlessly. It's only three better than my AC. Yeah, yeah, but it's a um, it's a nineteen on the dice. So yeah, yeah. So, so, it, and, and besides the um, considering we're totally uninjured at this point, it's about time Team Shell had a win. Okay, and it squeezes hard at you for fourteen points of damage. Yep. And then, of course, endeavours to just lock on around you. Yes. And it is at this time that I point out that I am wearing a wearing of freedom of movement. Okay. 
So again, the the claws lock in and squeeze at you, and you just slip away from them with ease. There's a force pushing the claw wide again. Uh, so can't use that. Can't use that. And it clicks at you with its other claw and deals to do the same thing again. Yep. Uh, that one will definitely miss. Okay. Sixteen. So it's holding you pinned with one claw, then swings to grapple you with the other, and the first claw just parts off you. Yeah. And the chill looks kind of flicks its tendrils some more. It makes very little sound doing this beyond the chitinous clicking of its plates and the the claws, but it doesn't seem to be getting far. Yeah. Freedom of movement is such a great ring. And only 40,000 gold. Yes, well, that's the point of being 12th level, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, your, your wealth by level for a normal 12th level character is 88,000, so the ring is like half your budget. Yeah. <laughs> but you, A, have more money, and B, got yours cheap from Bordecai. Yes. Uh, yes, it's like, hard I, to say you didn't earn it from Bordecai. Yeah, yeah. I had to work to kill that you, guy. You didn't pick it up from Bordecai. Um, Zamanth had it. No, that's right, Bordecai took it off her. Yeah. And then I think I got it as a reward from the centaurs because it was part of their ancestral treasure or yeah, something. Yeah, something in that neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Uh, back to you. Yes. Um, I was decapitating a shell. Yeah. It's made my contribution. The second you hit it, it dies. So don't worry about damage. Yeah. Uh, I. I crit it. <laughs> how, how do you kill this claw monster? I think um I will take a um big ginsu swing and just whack off its front tendril half its front tendrils and then the other half of its front tendrils. Its claws, you mean? The tendrils yeah. the things coming out. Yeah, no, it's arm. it's got those three little claw arms on each side at the front. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. So I whack one side off, whack the other side off, and given I've got three attacks, and then um ram the sword up into its skull. Yeah. From on the under underside. Uh and that is Yep, you, you waffle it with a standard attack and kill it, and you have a move action left if you desire. Yep. It's fiddle and it says, don't get too close to the vines, they can't tell you from friend from foe. Alright, I'll stay back. <laughs> and, um, Kaelin will switch out for his longbow. Yep. Which is not actually a move action, and then, um, just kind of move over here-ish so he's got a better shot at the thing. You can just keep shooting if you desire. Well, you've got quick draw, so it's a, it's a free action to change weapons. Oh, you've right. You've still got attacks left on your full attack. I, I can... Alright, so I can I can use my longbow for the other two attacks? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Nothing preventing it. That's that's one of the things quick draw does. You go to your second longbow attack. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. So, um... That is, um... 23 to hit the, um... Chunk, yep. So that hits? Yes. Okay. Uh... And I deal it um, six points of damage. Uh, yep, no problem. And then I go for the third longbow attack, which is a 21. Uh, that one will miss. Yep. Mm. Uh, Svetlana will rapid shot full attack. Yes. <laughs> uh, Noof is not going to do stunningly on that. Uh, uh, that will miss with both her primaries. Oh, okay. And miss with her secondary. That's alright. She's um, done pretty well thus far. Uh, the tentacles continue to crush the chell. Uh, 
Takes 10 more points of damage. Yep. And it is Team Shell. Yep. Probably wants to try and break that grapple. Nope. Ain't happening. Okay, then Kalen will shoot it a couple of times. Yep. Uh, and um, flat miss on the first one. Uh, miss on the second one. And miss on the third. Uh, the third one's an 18, which I believe yes, will miss. Easily. Yep. And, um, yeah, Kalen's, um, I, Kalen was rolling really well last time. That's much more his usual archery form. Uh, <coughs> and still, did I guide my shot? Smite evil. Yep. Uh, one rapid shot with this. Uh, hits that with ease. Uh, we'll hit the second one as well. And does nine, sixteen, twenty-eight points of damage on the smite. Then she shoots us some more. <laughs> oh, right, that's the rest of it. Then her second attack goes off, and the glowing thorn arrow spikes through it, pierces through one side and out the other harshly. It staggers and turns its head away, and she simply drills it with a lighter shot in the other in the other side of its skull, and it collapses as the arrow punches into whatever brain it has in its head, and it's down. Beautiful shooting. Well, it is nice and easy when they are held. It is, is easy when they are held tight. In fact, it probably should have been easier because I forget that they get denied their dexterity while they are grappled. <laughs> but such is life. That will do. Holds a hand out, concentrates, and the vines retract and disappear. She dismisses the spell. As well. I suppose that is the perils of travelling in the swamp. These, they were foul creatures. I have no compunction about killing them. If they are not... Even if, if they were simply animals preying on people passing through, then they would need to be removed for the good of the community. But as my holy bow seems to smite them more easily, I presume that they were intelligent enough to have a darker nature. Aye, they um heard me. T- they heard me telling you that um, they were sneaking up on us. They understood what we were saying. They were more than just your average beastie. And um, it may have seemed slightly unsporting um, as easily as we took them, but I don't doubt that if um, there's a few bodies in these swamps for people, they'd be picking off as well. No, it's good. Another good day's work, and um, better to spot. Glad and we spotted them now before um. Before we made camp, it would have been a much tougher fight if we were, um, uh, one of us asleep and me in my light armour. So do we bury these two? Nay, I wouldn't think so. Let's, um, sh- and Kaelin will use his lance. Let's poke him in the deeper parts of the swamp and something will eat him. Yep. When you poke at it, you go, huh, and it sort of rolls over slightly and you go, on one of its claws... Um, it's got this large sized gold band that is wrapped around one of its claws Um, you know glinting and in an odd oval shape I will definitely investigate the golden thing yeah you can easily um, you know just cut off whatever piece of claw is being you take it off and in your hand it shrinks down to the size of a ring designed to fit a human finger ooh magic Aye, it had a magic ring. Which would automatically resize itself to fit its wearer. Aye, but, um, 
still, I know they weren't just beasties, but it's still not the sort of thing I'm expecting to find on something that looks like a giant crab. I doubt it's bought such a thing from the market. Do you suppose they took it from a victim somewhere? I suppose are, so. Are they likely to be trophy takers? She so looks as I suppose we should cut them up. Ah, alas, a rapier is probably not the best tool for this, she says and <laughs> smiles sweetly at you. <laughs> Perhaps you would be so kind? Yep. And um Kellen will um fish out his adamantine greatsword. I will uh do I will, I will do what I can from here, and she will cast Prestigitation on you and Mage Hand to fish Gookie bits out. Yeah. Uh, and when you actually go over and start cutting against these things, they've got sort of this weird plate-like pouch over their stomach that looks like it actually opens, and they've effectively got kind of kangaroo-type pouches behind an armoured shell that clicks down here. And when you go looking through them, there's a bunch of what you would call food being kept for later in the ilk of birds and things in there. Uh, the birds are still alive, but they're not moving. They're just blinking at you. Alright, I will, um, given that, I will fish them out and um, prop them up on nearby branches in the swamp. Yeah. Uh, you know, against tree branches, given that they presumably can't stand up. Yeah, yeah they're, they're clearly paralysed or dextrained or something of that nature. Yeah, at which point they may um, recover yeah. in time. Or a snake will eat them, but yep. you know, such is the nature, such is the natural order. Um, and when you go through these things, um, you actually find they're carrying a remarkable amount of stuff around in their pouches. Much of it, it's not gooey or icky in there, and it appears to be entirely watertight. So they've got birds that are clearly in there for food stuff, and then a bunch of things that you'd have to assume are trophies they've taken from people that they've killed. Huh. Um, one of which is um, there is a, a bunch of real paralyzed birds in there, an extremely finely carved platinum eagle about yay big. Ooh, you know, reasonably little, but it's it's incredibly well made and detailed. Of an eagle swooping down in flight, about to catch some invisible thing under it. Um, there is a there is an amulet that is magical. The ring that you have that is magical. Yep. Um, a coral holy symbol uh, that at least would probably recognise you. She has knowledge. Religion? Religion. I'm just looking for my D20s, which have disappeared from the website. Well, I'll say whatever these things are, they were not followers of the wind and the waves. Uh, this is a holy symbol of Gosrath, the deity of nature. Oh. And indeed, it is sort of a leaf blowing on the top and a wave pushing at the bottom, all filigreed together, and nice. extremely finely made one of sea coral. And if it's, you know, pretty delicate, and they've got it packed in a pouch that clearly they didn't do with their giant claw hands. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that they have they have killed some sort of uh, wilderness man, traveler of gods out here. I wonder if he was... Uh, I think he might have been a wizard because the other one has a spellbook in his pouch. Ooh. From, um, distant, um, uh, 
far away in a um, city, a um, small gnome perks up yeah. her ears and then sighs because she's too far away. Uh, a very expensive-looking spell book. The, mm. um, the book itself is obviously full of arcane writings, Matt. Svetlana can pretty trivially look at it and say, this, this is a wizard spell book. I can read a great many of these spells. I cannot. There's, not, there's nothing much I can do with it, though. Uh, but whoever owned this was obviously quite wealthy uh, because there is a mithril in carving on the front of it, again in the shape of a gilded leaf. Uh, the spell book is worth, I'll just give you this, uh, for a thousand gold for the spells within it. Yeah. Assuming you just turn around and sell it, which you might as well. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have any. Um... And 500 gold for the quality of the spell book, the sheer ostentatiousness of it. Nice. And that is what you find inside these charles. Sweet. All right, we loot the. I loot the. Ch- I loot the. I loot the shells and get covered in crab bits. Yep. And um, the Svetlana's uh, presentation helpfully decrabs me a bit. And can you give me a fortitude save while you were doing this? Yep. Uh, Twenty nine. Okay. You're. You've got your gauntlet hands and that going in there, and like your hands are basically wrapped in this leather armor underneath, and then plate over the top of it. Yeah. So there's not a lot of exposure there. The odd bits of this, this sort of goop that's on them, and that sort of thing, it looks like the pouch is watertight, but the chitinous shell around it has this sort of gooey mucus stuff on it. And when you touch that, you only notice it about a minute later that your fingers are starting to sting a little and feel a bit numb and dull. You've got to really concentrate to flex them off. It's a paralytic of some kind. You're pretty much shaking it off. Um, But this suggests to you that the birds have been continually paralysed in there by this. And that based on the speed you're getting feeling back in your fingers, they'll probably get over it reasonably quickly. Within a couple of minutes, this is going to wear off on them. Sweet. Alright, in which case I will use some water from my pack, because I don't really want to wash in the swamp water to yep. wash off my hands a bit, and will actually then stand there and watch the, the little birds with interest to see if they wake up. They stay dead still, you know, looking at you with sort of frightened eyes, and then the wings begin to stretch slightly, and then they fly off as fast as they can. Well... Uh, good day's work then. Aye, some very pretty things. I feel bad for this poor fellow wherever he was. He um seems like he must have been quite the wizard, but um perhaps not needed a few more bodyguards. And it may not have been just. I mean, I presume the holy symbol and the spell book come from the same fellow, but it may not have been. Um, these other things may have been from some other victim. I suspect they only kept the best of the the best of what they had. You know, if the, this was some troll there or like those giants, they had a big pile of just sort of general stuff. Whereas yeah. these beasties must have to pick and choose. Well, mo- most of it is either magical or of remarkably fine quality, high 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 grade materials. Like if they've killed you know three or four people, then you yeah. and, and they kept all that stuff. Yeah. You'd expect yeah. a big pile. What of each white of them have, What each of them have got is like the equivalent of a small backpack worth of stuff. Yeah, there's no way they'd get say a quarter staff or a bastard sword or something in there. Yeah. But no, I think that's a that's another threat to Dreadley's people living out in the swamps that we've dealt with for him. Okay, and that is what is in this hex, except for the search check that you can now make. Oh, crap. Uh, 
that Lana will find this easily. Good for her. I rolled a 21, so... Okay, you will also find this easily. Um, when you go... You you sort of follow... Uh, follow northish a bit from here to get an idea of around what, what's around here. And you find atop one of these other hills, overgrown in the grass, the horse sort of stomps on something that makes a clunk noise. You back up, you climb down, you have a look at it. It's another one of these signposts that you've, you've seen a couple of these around the place, talking about how Australia has wonderful accomplishments and blah, blah, blah. Um, this one reads that um, here on this date, uh, and this is about eight months or so ago, uh, Hannes Drelev uh, led a team, led a team forth and mightily slew, uh, m- mightily slew the amphibious beasts that had been preying upon his people. And there's a picture of a chal on it and all this sort of thing. But the sign's never been put up. It's been just laying here to be put up later. There's literally like a hammer and melting tools and that with it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So. So the whoever got killed out here it must have been the squad Drelev sent to um, take care of this problem. Yeah, I mean Drelev presumably didn't actually come himself, no matter yeah. what the side is claiming. And thus, um, and the wizard of got wizard of um, wizard of Gosra and um, his boys um, got got taken down by the churls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's no evidence of how many people got sent. It could have just been a couple of wandering adventurer types. Yeah. Um, Drelev's sign is humble enough to indicate that he had some sort of, you know, support of some men, miscellaneously, yeah. but from the way it's written, they might as well have been carrying his bags. The yeah. great Hannes Drelev, you know, personally slew the child with his cunning swordsmanship and rah, rah, rah. <laughs> but, but presumably they were supposed to kill the child before they put the sign up and never got around to actually finishing the job. Oh, what was being dead. Yeah, what was being dead, that would interfere. Alright, um... Where and presumably the chal ate them, but yeah. you're just completely guessing. Yeah. Where do, um... Where did we fight the chal? Where did the chal's ambush? Uh, towards the northern point of the hex. Cool. There. Yeah. That's your weird aberration. Lociar aberration for the day. Yep. <laughs> and we kicked that... We kicked some merciless chal behind. You did. And that's the hex. Yes, so at this point we move off into um, E8, um, which is a swamp hex we have already explored. At which point you can simply pass through it. Yep, and we ride through a boggy swamp, which enters off into a nicer forest, um, now that the evil pixies of... um, Evil pixies have been removed from it. Mm -hmm. And um, then we ride into another forest, and before long we are riding in forests of home. There we are. Galloping north back towards Elksrest. Oh, there we go. That's well of this exploration for you, lass. Certainly a wide variety of, of monsters and creatures out there. Was the were the was the green belt so uncivilized before you got there and cleaned it up? Oh uh, yeah. Um smaller beasties, but then you know Oh, because no one... I mean, um, the smaller things in this area have pretty much been taken care of. And, um, you know, when we were a bit less experienced, we used to hide from quite a few things. I remember the um, the first trolls we ever saw we um, hid from, and that um, Corwin and I nearly got wor- murdered by that dratted will-o'-the-wisp, and um, we had to run away from it. 
Yeah, we we ran away a lot more back in the day, and there were a lot more bandits and things out in the Greenville, as you would know. Um, but just big spiders, a few big spiders. I'm very glad that you have done your part to make make our Greenbelt safe for travellers and everything else, and that we are slowly doing King Greyler's job for him and cleaning up his cleaning up his mess. Aye, but it may be he won't be a king for as very much long as as that. At which point. We won't have to come through all this swamp again. I can see that to somebody less experienced, the, the creatures like the Chull might be quite dangerous. But against you, I guess you could say they didn't have a chance in Chull. <laughs> and she rolls a 22 on her performed comedy check. <laughs> so her delivery is good. God damn it. Uh, you're amazing. I mean, um... I figured you'd um, be all right, but um, you um, took care of both of those beasties very nicely. Um, the giants were um, fairly large and menacing looking. I um, suspect we um, the shells didn't have much of a chance against us, but um, I'm just glad I was able glad I was able to do my part. It is dead eye strength flowing through me. I do what I can to channel it. Thanks for coming out with me, Lass. It was very—I was very glad to have you along. It was a very strange and unique experience, but I think, on the whole, I rather enjoyed it. And the nice bit is it um, gives you appreciation, for, better appreciation for living in a castle the rest of the time. Yes, I can certainly see that. I can have a warm bucket of water, <laughs> a shower, and a bath, <laughs> hot food. How long till home? <laughs> Only a couple of days through this this nice forest here. This nice forest here, and we'll be on the road for home. Well then, what are we waiting for? <laughs> you ride back to Oxford. Yes, we can have. Well, we have a castle and small children. Yep, small children. Da 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 Small children climb all over Caelan. Yep, Caelan is absolutely the kind of dad who throws children up into the air and lets them climb on him and things. Whee! Dada kill monster. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Alright. Yes, we make it back to Elstrest. Yep. It is at this point that Kalen looks around at the world and um, recollects that, um, you know, we brought home a huge haul of loot from that um, from um, that fight with our Marg. I have It's just been sitting around. I, I sort of lost sight of it in all the... Um, Barbarian invasions and that. I'm sure it ended up in the treasury somewhere. Uh, I suppose we better go to ask Leo what happened to our loot. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, my lord, it's, it's all accounted for. We're keeping it in the vaults back here. You know, this is exactly what you put in. Yes. Here we are. All right. And yes, we have um, a big. Pi- I have a big pile of magic loot, which it, uh, it seems appropriate to um, divvy up at this juncture. Yep. Voice of the editor here. And then we did lots of inventory and loot division and etc, etc. This isn't particularly thrilling listening, so what I've done for this episode is I've clipped the last five minutes or so we went back to the actual game and added it in here. After that, you'll hear our editor's tone again, and then we'll go on to doing nothing but loot identification and division and things. If you're interested in that, by all means, listen in. If not, our actual play ends about five minutes from now, after Tristan has given his mysterious legend lore about Quintessa Murray. At which point, if you don't want to hear the loot division, feel free to just skip on to the next episode.
And I figured that was worth doing at the end of a session, but if we want to conclude on something slightly less dull than a huge pile of treasure division, um, we could always cl- close out with Tristram's um, uh, legend lore on Quintessa Murray. Yes, yes, if you would like that. I was just thinking it might be a nice, um, more, slightly more interesting yep. thing to go out on. So you return to Elk's Rest. Um, you go through your gigantic pile of loot. Yes. And sort it all out. And <coughs> Tristan said to you, Oh, Caleb, good, good to see you back. How did things go with Svetlana? Was, was she okay out there? She was uh, a little worried. It's really understandable. I, I mean, I've spent a lot more time studying the wilderness than she has, and even I wasn't prepared for... Well, the, the bugs are rather buggy. It's and she doesn't even have Rupert around with, with a fan. She, I think we um, we both missed you in the swamp. She found the swamp a bit of an adjustment. But the monsters should be worried about her rather than the other way around. We found some we found some giants, and um, she'd incinerated them all before I even had time to get close to them. He he winces very slightly at this. He says, "You took a girl to a swamp on your first." Of course you did. <laughs> we um went round riding and found some nice. Ho- we we stayed in the grasslands for the most part. We just went through the swamp on the way back. Uh, we found some found those nice ponies, but um. They seem to be a bit bright. I was thinking I might get you to come out with me and maybe talk to them. There seems to be something funny going on there. Oh, certainly. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm obviously very comfortable, very comfortable around horses. I don't think I'll have any trouble. <laughs> it's, it's just a matter of knowing how to ride to break them in properly. <laughs> uh, but I, I. Cast those spells that you were asking about, about Lady Quintessa Moray, to get some idea of her background. I sang the songs of the First World again, and I heard them singing back. It, I have to say, it all makes a great deal more sense now. Is, is that bad? It's... It's easier, now that I know. I don't... It's not easy adjusting to the fact that father and I will probably never well, he's not really my father, I suppose Lord eldest father and I but I'm better to know I know it's a hard thing, it's not really something I can understand, but he's still the man that raised you, whether he wants that, um, whether he wants to come to terms with what that means or not. He didn't want to admit to being the man who raised me before. What are the odds he'll want to now? I don't know. It's put things in the way with you and Van and the like as well, but I think... I hope he'll come round in time. On the other hand, it might account for some of his eagerness to be away with Gressel, which could only help him in the end. So that's good. Aye, who knows what he'll be um, capable of once he comes back. It seems as if it's been a long time since he thought of his own desires at all, instead of just pursuing the the politics. He may come back a happier and more a peace man. In any case, you came to me as so many do for information. (laughs) I 
have what the first world can spin of the legends of the Contessa Moray, the fact that the spell works on her should tell us something in and of itself. Ah, it means um, her um, innocent damsel act isn't um, necessarily young. Nobody to be trifled with. Nay, but I, I knew I knew that wasn't true. In any case, make of this what you will. And he closes his eyes and goes into that faint trance and gives you the uh, the stanza, the riddle, the poem that came back from his um, On Lady Quintessa Murray. Advisor by day, a lover in the dark, swift and deadly and loyal of heart. Ideas are her weapons that light the brightest spark. Beware if you threaten where her daggers mark. Take that for whatever you will. It sounds good on the whole. It doesn't sound like... um, I just didn't want to wind up putting someone else on my council who was going to turn out to stab me in the back. But it doesn't sound like she's the stabbing in the back type where... um, someone done to go after her first. That's the main thing I wanted to know. Tristan sort of shrugs at this. I, the information comes through from a legend law very vaguely. Very, very vaguely. We can only make of that cryptic nature what we will. The Fae are never eager to speak in clear words. Aye, I know that much well. I know that well enough. No, that's good to know, and I thank you. And Apparently she's available, which I'm sure is news to us all. He, he snirks very slightly. <laughs> I, I, um, I think I knew she was offering that, but uh, I've just been, um, I've just been missing that hint. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where she's never explicitly come out and said, "Do you take me, baby?" But it's it's just right there with the implication that if Caelan would have just made the slightest first move, he could just have her. Yeah. You know, with with just enough misunderstanding left that you can ignore it as sure just being flirtatious by nature. <laughs> Alright. Okay. And thus you learn something cryptic about Quintessa Murray. Yes. And shall we leave that there? And- so that is what I will do on my return. Do you need magic loot identifying skills, yo? I do need magic loot identifying skills. Okay, so is the presumption you're just going to um, get Michaela to identify these one at a time over the last several weeks? Yeah. In fact, you you, you go, ah, oh, yeah, we probably should identify something. Because it's... I've taken care of it. I've been working on this. I've been working on these one, one day at a time for the last several weeks. More when I can when I feel I can spare the spells. Uh, oh, you've brought back more. All right, I'll add them to the list. Yeah. Okay, and she can identify all this stuff for you. So, uh, should we start with the stuff you just got off the channels? Yes, let's start with the stuff to see. That's presumably easy to um. Okay, so it is a ring of jumping. Ha. <laughs> worth two five. Two five. Yep. Uh. I don't know if I gave you the holy symbols value. No, or the platinum eagle. Right, uh, Tristan will appraise and appraise both successfully. Uh, 900 gold for the eagle. Yep. And 250 for the holy symbol. Okay, and they're presumably just priced as. Yes, they are treasure. Yep. Arch treasure. Uh, and the amulet is an amulet of health plus two. 
Nice. Constitution booster. I'm sure someone will want that. Alright, um, what's an amulet of health worth? Uh, 4k. Cool. And, um, the spell book is half price or full price? Uh, half price. Yep, makes sense, because it's a treasury treasure thing. Uh, so that's 750 half price. Yep. Okay. And then are we going back into our Marg's pile of loot? Yes, I can. T- um, we might as well go back in time. Um, so I've got the giant things. Giant so the giants had a big pile of gold, which you know is pretty much a big pile of gold. A um, spyglass, which is presumably a half price item. Yep, it is worth a thousand gold. Yep, so five hundred for that. Uh, a magical beetle on a chain, metal beetle on a chain. Uh, it is a golem bane scarab. It identifies golems and allows you to surpass their DR. Interesting. I. Couldn't tell you what it's worth off the top of my head, but if you flick me a DMG, I can find it pretty quick, smart. This is definitely a um, DMG <coughs> activity. Bryn already has one. <coughs> Neat. Because uh, monks and golem DR are not friends. Yes, yes, I can see the problem. That's uh, yeah, a. Doubtlessly it's under Scarab Scarab Golem Bane. Uh, two and a half K. Okay. Enables you to cast Detect Golem within 60 feet and surmount their DR as if they didn't have it. Right. And then um, I would like an assessment on these bizarre clockwork weapon things. Yep. Um, one of which is apparently magical. Yes. So, the... Other things are... Kaelin sort of looks them over and, you know, Tristan comes in and has a look at them. You, Kaelin's pretty much got the best idea with his knowledge engineering. Yeah. Um, you know, they're odd weapons. They're high-quality, exotic, and contain several small, difficult-to-replicate clockwork components. Each one's worth 200 gold. Yeah. Which is not a lot, but it's quite a lot for a weapon. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is worth 200 yep. the second one is worth 500 because it's a masterwork version of the first one okay and then the last one is worth 2,200 because it's a um, magical version right, cool and it is literally just a plus one infused with magic yep, so can I have a calculator at this junction? sure, is there one in there? Uh, there is not but there may well be one up here Another race. Ah, yep, here's a calculator. 2,900 GP worth of um, weird clockwork weapons, which goes to 1450. Yep. Okay. Alright, and then going further back in time. Yep. Um, a mug, um, a mug that I fought in the, um, okay, so I can do, uh, I can keep going backwards in time or I can start from the beginning, because I've got two loot, lots of a mug loot. Whatever way makes you more comfortable. Okay, so, um, a mug in the, um, a mug that I fought in the boneyard. Yep. Had, um, magic armor and a magic shield. Or possibly, 
the last time I fought a mug, he had a magic armor, a magic armor, and a uh, magic shield. The one in the boneyard was a spirit. Right, it he had didn't nothing. Have... It, 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 it had nothing. The thing you got out of that was the broken piece of Orvin Bane. Yeah, you took the physical Orvin Bane there. Yeah, no, that's um. Wait, no. Let's start from the top. Okay, so I've got three thousand six hundred gold of Tiger Lord art objects. Yep, which are just Tiger Lord art objects. Um, and a mug had a magic breastplate. Yep. Uh, it is a plus three breastplate with masterwork armor spikes, so that's worth eighteen three. Eighteen. Uh, I might be overreading that putting actually uh, one four. No, sorry, nine three. Nine three. Okay, nine three oak. Nine thousand three hundred gold. Thank you. Plus three bliss, breastplate with masterwork armor spikes. Okay. Alright, um, he had a magic great axe. Yep, uh, the, this was his battle axe, his, his great axe that he never actually used because yep. he had Orphan Bane instead. Uh, when you have it identified, it is actually a seriously good weapon. Uh, it is a. Uh, where's my thing of me? Which is just amusing because. Um, yeah, yeah, the. Um, he never swung it once. <coughs> uh, so it is a plus one human main keen great axe. <laughs> Very nice. Which is worth 18,000. Thank you. Okay, um, he had a magic amulet. Amulet of natural armor, plus two. Uh, which is... 8k again. Eight. Okay. He had a magic belt. Uh, that would be a... A belt of, I believe, the giant strength, a plus four strength belt. Ah, very nice. Called something else in Pathfinder. So, yeah, uh, that's worth sixteen k. Yep, and a magic ring. A ring of protection plus two worth eight again. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was all the stuff you took off Neri in the Terra Ball. Yep. Um, so yes, of course. So that was presumably. Um, so that's sorry. That was eight k for the ring of protection plus two. Correct. Yep. Uh, Yes, that's all the stuff that was physically on um, Neri and the Terrible. Ah, yes, because um, yes, because that was his his stuff, either that he had or the Church of Ironic Dave, including presumably a magical axe he'd spent quite a bit of money on before it turned out that he yeah, liked it. Once you have Orvin Bane, you don't yeah, need that, any oh, other weapons. Yeah. You had that, that character sheet. Orvin Bane is the only weapon you require yeah. from now on. Yeah. Um, so, Niska... Yep. Had an Eye of Garona, which is irrelevant because it's broke. Yep. Um, she had a magic... Also, we didn't want it. She had a magic perifat. Yep, which is a perifat of wisdom plus four. Ooh, very nice. How much is that? 16k, yeah. Yep, cool. And then, um... She had a magic... Clock? Cloak. Of course, cloak. I just spelt this badly. A magic clock, you say. <laughs> well, it could have been a magic clock. Uh-huh. That's a cloak of resistance, too. Yeah. Which is worth four. Yeah. Alright. 
It's a diamond as big as my head. Yep, which is worth your head. <laughs> There's some very pretty gemstones, which are just worth what they're worth. Um, if you are looking at the Tiger Lord treasure, yeah. um, I've got um, some violet garnets. Uh, maybe I've written that down. Yeah. Three violet garnets. Cool. I just um, didn't write the number down properly. Cool. It just makes quite a difference how many of them there are. Yep. A crown of sky metal with blue star sapphires. I want to use some of this stuff. Alright. Uh, ruby armor and the necklace. 100% Alright. And then um, the stuff that um, stuff that was in Amarg's big pile of treasure that was valuable. Yep. Um, was another magic belt. Belt of giant strength. Plus four again. Yep. Another 16k. Yep. The theory being these guys are barbarians, giant strength is the good kind of strength. Uh, well, one of them was, one of them Nirian was wearing. Yeah. And the other one you took from Armag's loot pile. Yeah. Uh, magic bag. It's a bag of holding type one. Ooh, nice. I don't know what it's worth off the top of my head. I want to say two five. Uh, bag of holding two five. Yes. Okay. Um, magic horseshoes. They are horseshoes of speed. And I haven't the foggiest idea what they are worth. Uh. <laughs> Baby, uh, they are worth three thousand. Yep. And they increase the horse's base speed by thirty foot. Sweet. So if you want to joust the shit out of people with your horse... Yeah, yeah, I, I'm feeling the love. Um, a necklace of fireballs. A necklace of fireballs. Yes. Sounds like you already know what it is. What no. are you waiting for me to do? Um, I was hoping you would tell me how much it is worth and what kind of fireballs are on it. Because... Uh, there's a necklace of fireballs type 2. Yep. It is worth 2.7. Yep. And it has 166 fireball on it. Two forty sixes and two two d sixes. and sixty six, sixty six, two four d six, and two two d six. Yep. Right, that will add to my necklace of fireballs collection. Yep. Um, and a magic pearl. A pearl of power, second level. Ah, very nice. For other people, not so much for Kayla. How much is that worth? Something certainly. Uh, four thousand. Thank you. Uh, restoration ointment, one charge. I know what it does. Um, if you can just tell me how much it's worth, I've already yeah. got what it does written in Kalen's pile. It belongs to some of the Kiotim's ointment. That is worth eight hundred. Thank you. If you have one charge or worth. Yep, one charge is what I've got. And then there's a magic ring. Yep. Uh, rods, rings. Uh, it is a ring of counter spell Ooh. with innovation cast into it. It is worth four thousand gold. Uh, and what it does is, if innovation is ever cast on you, it automatically gets countered, and then you need to put another spell into the ring. Right. So it's, it's kind of a thing, thing, yeah. And magic wand. Uh, 
is a wand of heroism with 50 charges on it. Wow, what's that worth? Uh, probably a bit. Yeah, I would think. Uh, 4,500. Nice. Uh, and then lastly, I've got, um, from a Marg's hoard, I believe taken off the actual Marg's body, body yep. is magic armor and a magic shield. Yep. So that is plus three hide armor. Yep. With plus two dragon bone armor spikes on it. Ah, nice. Uh, making it worth nine and eight. Making it worth 17,000. Okay. And a plus three heavy steel shield being worth 9k. Decorated with dire tigers. Nice. Okay. And then there is a bunch of tedious math. And math. So, I wanted to talk to you about the party fund. Yep. Um, I have presently um, around 26,000 gold in it. Yep. Um, so I'm thinking, having tried this before, having not tried this before, I'm thinking at this level I probably don't want to keep contributing to the party fund on the basis that it's getting kind of ridiculous. So my thought is just to let it sit as it is mm-hmm. and go to just dividing the treasure in half and taking that as Helen's share. If you would prefer, I'm happy to um, uh, divide it by less than half and have that be Kaelin's share or whatever. Um, I don't know. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of point in continuing to contribute just to establish the world's biggest party fund. Um I know that seems very large, but consider that's less than three resurrections. Okay, so you reckon it will? It may be useful at some stage. You may well hit a point where it has more money than you actually want to um, spend on things. Yeah, but I don't think you're at that point. Okay, sweet as I will take your, I will take your wise counsel and keep going forward with it as is. Uh, nor is there any point in divvying it up amongst people like we would do in a normal game. No, because that's going to throw off the um, NPC wealth by little item balance stuff we're using. Yeah, which is much simpler than um, trying to spend their money as a share of the thingy. Alright, here is a nicely written out list of things the party may wish to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom two are Kalons. The theme is, um, it's all the stuff Michaela wants. There's a lot of it's stuff Michaela wants. Yeah. I'm sure Svetlana would get some great joy out of a plus one to human main keen great axe. Um, I didn't figure anyone would want her Mark's personal gear, but I figured I'd write it out. She's, she's the only one who's proficient with it, outside uh, of you. Yeah. Because she's your only martially proficient martial weapons character. Ah, uh, yes. But I know um, my party don't fill their ringing neck slots as fast as I do, what with 
me getting the bulk of the good treasure. I take it um, you were hawking one of those belts of giant strength? I am indeed hawking one of the... You may know Kaelin's gloves of ogre power are in the pile. Yeah. That's because he doesn't want them anymore because he has a better strength boosting item. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, three of your party members now wear gloves of dexterity. Ah, yeah. Svetlana, Tristan, and Bryn. Yeah, so they don't want gloves of ogre power. No. Well, that's okay. They don't need to. They're the gloves of ogre power and the amulet of natural and my cheap amulet of natural armor. But I was like, looks at it. I was like, am I wearing an amulet around my neck? Yes, it's an amulet of natural armor, but it's not as good as this one. I have a better amulet of natural armor. Okay, so. Michaela wants the Paraft of Wisdom plus four. Yep. Unsurprisingly, what would be a clearer. Uh, yeah, anymore. yes, it, it does make a certain amount of sense. She doesn't already have a neck slot? Uh, probably, yes. But these are merely, um, this is merely her want list uh, as yeah. opposed to her. Yeah, go ahead and tell me your want list. She doesn't have to actually buy them. Uh, she wants the Belt of Giant Strength plus four. Yep. Uh, Svetlana also has some vague eyes on that. Yep. Um, it's not something she'd buy desperately of her own right, but at half price, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah, the, um, there's no denying it's um, something that gets a bit eye-watering at full price. For uh, Michaela wants the Pearl of Power, second level. I thought she might. Michaela wants the Wand of Heroism. I so that sounded like her. And Michaela wants the Golden Bane Scarab. Yep. And uh, the Amulet of Health, I believe, is, is going... Wanting just on the basis that um, everybody already has next slots. It's, it's the next slots. Yeah, yeah, that's the same. You know, I mean, a con boost is not actually a bad thing, but I like my amulet of natural armor. And I like it even more now. It's better. So, um, would you like to know what Kaelin is purchasing? By all means. So, um, Kaelin is buying his amulet of natural armor too, and selling his arm amulet of natural armor plus one. He is buying a belt of giant strength and selling his gloves of ogre power. He is purchasing the crown of sky metal with the blue star sapphires, which um, he is hoping to give to Brynn if she would. Because mm-hmm. it's a pretty crown. Um, he's buying one of the fire the fire opal and one of the the violet garnets. Um, he doesn't have any particular plans for them. They're just yep, pretty shinies. And, you know, I figured, given that he is a jewellery maker, having some jewels is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, he's buying the magic horse shoes of speed. In fact, he is, you know, clutching the magic yeah, horse yeah. shoes. I figured speed. that'd be a pretty easy sell. Yeah. Well, yeah. to to be honest, you're you're probably the only one that's that interested in them. Bryn doesn't use the horse, obviously, yeah. and will still move faster than your horse. Yeah. Um, but this will reduce the amount to which I'm embarrassingly slowing her down. And, and Tristan's magic horses can't wear them. Yeah. Yes, I will probably still go with one of Tristram's magic horses when I'm out with Tristram, but. Uh, and Michaela and Svetlana presumably aren't that interested in spending that much money on their belts. If there were multiple horseshoes of speed, it might be a different story. Yeah. Um, and then Kaelin is also going to buy another necklace of fireballs to supplement his necklace of fireball collection. Yep. He's basically just combining these things into one big badass necklace of fireballs. Yep. And um, he's going to buy another charge of the restoration ointment, because I've already got it on my list and I can just increase the number I've got. By all means. And, um, yes, the, um, 
the belt of giant strength will certainly have a big impact on my attack and to hit and things, which are already pretty impressive. You don't already have a strength boosting? You you took your gloves off, didn't you? Yeah. So it's all up by another two. Yeah, which is it's still quite a lot, because yeah. that's a, you know, plus one to attacking damage with every weapon. And in fact, it's plus two damage with every two-handed weapon, and yeah. most of them are. Yeah. Um, yes, the Paraft of Wisdom goes in the uh, in the next slot as well. Yeah. So Michaela would have to take off her amulet of natural armor. Yeah. And give up AC. Yeah, that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not buying yeah. the um, Constitution one. Four Wisdom is quite good, but but AC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which will probably help her in a way because that was presumably that's the big expensive one, I believe. On the other hand, folk have got belt slots. Yeah, folk have got belt slots for Africa. Yeah, yeah, as do I. And now I've got a glove slot because I'm taking gloves and my strength off. I'm correct in thinking you can't wear a plus two and a plus correct. four strength bonus. Correct. It didn't make any sense if you could. No, the um. For whatever reason, 3.5 is the gloves of Ogre strength don't go up to a plus four. What you get instead is a plus four strength belt. Yeah. Which I am fine with. Uh, so, Michaela and Svetlana would both like the belt of giant strength. Yeah. Um, and Svetlana at this point will say, you know, but it, it is such a fantastic deal and so valuable and useful, but it costs so much money. <laughs> and and it is more money than I presently have. <laughs> is this what is meant by being an adventurer? You see a shiny thing and you want it, even though you cannot afford to have it. Uh-huh. I should frugally save until I can afford it, but it is here now and I want it. <laughs> well, I've got a good bit of um, leftover m- money, lass. I can um, front you so- some if you want to buy it. She's experiencing life as an adventurer now. Yes. She started with 88,000 gold worth of wealth by level and she spent down to like her last 4k. Yeah. And along comes an 8k item. Ah, yes. That is indeed the life of an adventurer. And Kaylin has 1,500, um, has, um, 1,500, um, leftover, 15,000 leftover money and is happily to front her the 4k if she wants to experience giant strength. Yeah, you, you don't need to drag the money on it, she'll just go into negatives, but yeah. it's, it's her experience of it. Yeah, yeah, I can see why as a, um, frugal merchant wife the, um, experience of, you know, I mean, 4k would probably have been retirement money back in the, you know, the, the retirement score you never hoped to achieve back in the day, so being in debt that amount is probably a bit on the nose. Yeah, and Kaelin um, ends the day on a nice solid 20,000 gold in the pants and still manages to uh, upgrade two of his magic items for better ones. Uh, Kaelin, who can certainly see where the wind is blowing, is going to get that golden bane scarab. Yeah. I approve of having two people who've got one of those things. Yeah, well, you have other solutions to the golden DR problem. Yeah, yeah, my plan was the adamantine great sort of power, but not everybody has one of those. It's basically just me. Uh, and let's just change this money. Then pretty much on the basis that she's bought all of the other items in treasure, um, 
her and Svetlana will have a lengthy off-screen debate about this. Yeah. Um, of politician versus grand diplomat, because Svetlana doesn't just kind of roll over. Yeah, yeah. Um... And it will be settled by virtue of the fact that one of them is buying three other items out of the hall and one of them is buying nothing. Yeah. I think it actually makes more sense for Michaela in the sense that she is such a strength-based character, whereas Svetlana is, of course, much more dexy. But um, she's got a magic compositing bow, doesn't she? Svetlana, yes, yeah. that's what she wants the strength for. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty hard to argue with. Well, once again, move Tristan to being the weakest member of the party. <laughs> yeah. Although, in all fairness, you know, there's an argument that um, the rest of us are wearing strength-boosting items. Yeah, well, Michaela would be... Although, uh, I would wager Kaelin would kick his ass anyway and if I took off my belt. But... Michaela would be doing exactly the same thing as you, um, gaining... Um, giving up her gloves of ogre power to buy a belt of giant strength. Yeah. And thus also moving up to 22 strength as well. Yeah. Experiences crippling death as a free action. Yeah. Welcome to life as an adventure. On the other hand, 14 strength. Yep. 14? Yes. Yes. (laughs) What? It's uh. Is it horrifyingly low, is it? it, 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 I, I don't want to say horrifying, it's just, um, very low. I suppose that makes sense. Brid started at 14, though. Yeah. And has never needed to improve. She um, took Weapon Finesse to get her hits up. Yeah. And her damage dice just keep getting bigger from being a monk. Yeah. I, I've never had the slightest problem with dealing damage to Shed's Brin. Now, where the hell am I going to put some... What I should do is write it on the horse. Uh, Very smart sense. But if your horse dies, you can pretty trivially remove the shoes and put them on another horse. They're just like regular horseshoes. Yeah. I mean, I will, in the event that my horse is eaten by a dragon, I will assume that my horseshoes are effectively lost. Uh, Yeah, in the event that that my horse's body is unrecoverable, I'm just using, uh, you know, if my horse gets teleported to another dimension or yeah, um, yeah. consumed by an excessively large monster that I then fail to kill. Yeah, yeah, it's the fail to kill that you need to add in there. Yeah. Uh, good old magic items, I can cut the horse out, I can cut the horseshoes out of the dragon's stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you, you, you know, surely at the point where you kill a genuine dragon, you're going to take its head or something anyway. Yeah. 
I'll just write them on the um, magic item slot so I've got them recorded somewhere else than on my horse sheet. Yeah, there's an other other stuff at the bottom of the magic items. Yeah, that's so good. Where I put the odd bits and pieces, the um, golem main scarabs are slotless, I believe. So. Horse speed. Cool. And then I will find Kalen's cool shit pile. Give me our cool shit pile. The crown isn't really a present for Bryn. It's something I'm hoping Bryn's okay to wear, but it's really more for Kaelin, because Bryn's not so big as pretty things. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorted. And then I just need to change my stats up to reflect my new pretty things. Right. And Michaela has to be relatively happy with this as my AC goes up. Is it within five of hers again, though? Uh, It's 29 now. Yep. It's like when Tristan puts his ride up, huh? Yep, she's on 34, so she's going to have to, you know... Find another way way to boost it, yep. What what she wants is an amulet natural armor plus three. (laughs) This takes some getting used to, right? My touch AC is no longer 10. Is it a whopping 11? It is a whopping 11. Now that should certainly slow off a few people. Uh-huh. The thing is, it's it's sort of relatively irrelevant because um, you know anything that uses touch attacks can just hit Caleb. You know, I mean, I suppose some things that are excessively poor at touch attacking might now miss Caleb if they roll spectacularly badly. But it's just such a disparity. All right, and this this is going to take some math. Alright, strength goes up to 22 plus 6 modifier. Let's change. Longbow damage is longbow to head is completely unchanged. I've got those wrong. There. Yes. Um, to hit, um, my first attack is eleven. Second attack is five. First, third attack is one. So it's a six. Have I got that right? Uh, hold on, let me look at my fighter. That sounds about right. Eleven six one. Yeah. Yeah, each of them should be five less than the preceding one. Right? Yeah. So eleven six one. Right. Yep. Yeah. If 
I'm using an unmagical weapon, I um my attacks are seventeen twelve seven. Sounds about right. I have some thoughts and suggestions for how you can blow your money if you desire. Um, first help me, um, I've got plus six strength, so my two-handed weapon damage is... Uh, nine. Nine. Cool. My strength skills and then I'll be interested in your thoughts. Really? That's a lot of strength skill strength based skills. Okay. I listen with interest to your thoughts. Uh, presuming that you have a big pile of money in your pocket, burning a hole in it, and nothing to do with it. Um, I do have 20,000 gold left over. Um, there are such a thing also as horseshoes of the Zephyr, which allow your horse to run above the ground, so it can run across water and lava and things. Neat. Um, they obviously <coughs> contradict the horseshoes of speed. Yeah. Um, the other one you could do is, is if you're sick of your horse getting killed, is actually put magic items on your horse. Ah, yes. Uh, for starters, you could buy it barding and armor and that sort of thing, but you could also put things like amulets of health and that on it. Ah, nice. And give it extra constitution and hit points and things. I'm not saying you necessarily desperately want to, I'm just saying it's an option you may not have thought of. Yes, that is, um... I do think um, some barding would not be totally irrational at this point. It doesn't actually sound like you're um, drowning in money. No, the um, truth is with with 20,000, I'd probably rather keep it for... um, I'd rather keep the majority of it, but I would be interested in what... I mean, at this point, my horse doesn't even have barding. Fine for the future, though. Mm. I would be interested in what that runs to. Gosh, that sounds annoying. I'm just looking at the rules for Bardic. Do you want me to look at it? Yeah, it's um appears to slow the horse or slow the horse down in the theory you're supposed to put it on your horse to prepare for battle, which is um, kind of futile because I'm riding the horse, I wasn't necessarily expecting battle. Yeah, okay, fair point. <laughs> yeah, that's not really that exciting. Yeah. It might be easier to um Give it braces of armor or something. Of that yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What I'm I need. cast mage armor on your horse. Yeah, what I'm thinking is some some kind of like um, 
amulet of natural armor, but for a horse, you know, like bridle of natural armor yeah. style of thing. You could literally put an amulet around it. Like, they wouldn't let you get away with putting gloves on the horse. Did but... you... Did anyone buy an? Did anyone buy my plus one amulet of natural armor? No, no one wanted it. Yep, I'm buying it back. I mean, your horse's AC goes from crap to slightly less crap. Yeah, but we're only talking a thousand gold here. Yep, and it's it's something Kalen has already got. Yeah, no, I'm giving my horse an amulet of natural armor.